Hey guys, in today's episode, Blake and I are going to be talking about journaling. And if you're interested in getting a more robust tool to help you start the practice of journaling, consider picking up our Full Focus journal. You can find it at fullfocusplanner.com. So Blake, I am curious to know, you're an avid journaler. What is it that feels different in your life when you are journaling? Actually, as I say that question, is there ever a time you're not journaling? How committed to journaling are you? I am committed enough to journaling that I don't think about being committed to journaling. Sort Mm. of like being married. I'm not actively thinking, oh my gosh, I better stay married today. I'm just doing (laughs) life with my wife. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it is just who I am at this point, married and also journaling. Um, So I don't really think about, like, I don't measure or track, oh, how many days in a row have I journaled or have I gone this long? But the biggest benefit, Courtney, of journaling is awareness. It's awareness of who you are, what you're going through, what you want, what you don't want. If you've ever hired a consultant, and I know you've hired consultants for at work, I've hired consultants, I've worked as a consultant, the number one advantage that a consultant brings, we think we hire consultants and coaches for their knowledge and what they can teach us. But the biggest advantage they bring to us is self-awareness, is awareness of our business, awareness of things that are assets that we didn't know we were sitting on, perspectives on our situation that we, we were so tunnel vision on one thing over here, we didn't realize, oh, I have this resource over here. And journaling is almost like your self-consultant or a coach because you're just turning stuff over and exploring and you're mm-hmm. you're giving yourself space to discover oh, what's really happening. And so what I would say is I notice if I feel lost, if I feel busy, if I feel consistently down in the dumps or just off my game, One of the things I'll check, you know, along with sleep and this other stuff is, hey, have I been journaling recently? And Mm -hmm. oftentimes the answer is no, I haven't been journaling. And I start journaling some more and it's like, oh, right. I have a little bit more self-awareness. And with that awareness comes strategy. With that awareness comes some self-grace for what's going on. Or with that awareness comes a perspective that is more empowering. And so... Yeah, as you can tell, everybody, you're like, whoa, slow down, Buster. I'm just trying to write down three things I'm grateful for here. Uh, But listen, (laughs) journaling, the more you make it a part of your life, I I really do believe it's just a, uh, it's like if you lived on an oil field or something and you didn't know it, you don't know how rich you are until you start journaling. And journaling is a Mm -hmm. means of discovering those riches of the past year. It doesn't matter if you had a good day, bad day, medium day, there's gold to be extracted and there's wealth and wisdom. And with more wisdom comes more material wealth, but also wealth in other areas of life. So yeah, I'm a pretty big let me ask, fan of journaling. Let me ask you this. <laughs> so I recently, I, I feel like this is kind of what you're describing, but re- I think I talked about this on the podcast before, but this year I've been meeting with a spiritual director And it is hard for me. Um, And in that process, there was something I was talking through that it was like this really wonderful thing that I was like, I didn't even 
if I had not come and talked about this, I would not have even realized this wonderful thing that had been happening at all. And what I hear you saying is like, I actually could have accessed that potentially through journaling, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. just like the time spent. I never would have noticed this had I not been, you know, kind of processing through that with my spiritual director. And I kind of feel like that's what you're saying. It's like these realizations that for me, it's like, I'm just going so fast. I'm so futuristic, you know, focused on the next thing that even the really wonderful things, it's easy to miss that are happening. You know, obviously there are the things like when you are down, but even the really great things, it's easy to miss and that those are happening as well. Is part of the resistance to journaling, I wonder if this is the case for you, Courtney, but when I've coach people or encourage them to to journal. I'm thinking of one person in particular recently. She's just like, I just don't, it's just so much effort for me to write. And I just encouraged her to start, you can start seeing rewards and then you'll probably more likely want to be writing. If right. you do some other forms of journaling, like you can record yeah. yourself. I do this all the Listen. time. I go for a walk. I just start talking. You can use photos. Yeah. Just I have a journal category that's just it's Felicity, and I post a photo of her from recently, and then I look at that photo and I and I just write down something that she's doing. Oh, today she says the word video vidivo. That's like a thing she does, and it's adorable. And pretty soon that's going to go away. But I just document it. So there's other baby steps you can take, yeah. I guess, <laughs> if it feels daunting yeah, to write. No, I think for me it's not writing. I actually love actually writing. It's just time. It's, it's mm-hmm. just clearly, it's like prioritizing it in a way that at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, you know, there aren't other things that aren't pre- Now, obviously I'm at a, I, I would say a very, um, you know, there are a lot of factors, you know, or a lot of external things needing my focus, you know, at home and at work. So I have a two-year-old, you know. It's not mm-hmm. for the faint of heart, friends. Uh, but obviously, this is just a season, and seasons change. Um, but I think that's really my thing is just the the time and trying to prioritize it in a way that it doesn't get shuffled out. So, one way to make the time factor less of a issue is to start small and with a plan. And so if you listening Mm -hmm. want to start journaling more and you're coming up against the, I just don't have the time, part of what can make it easier, usually the time thing is kind of an illusion. Not to say it's not real, like you're not busy. Mm -hmm. But when you think about, hey, journaling can take literally five minutes, 10 minutes. Like You can journal when you're waiting in line somewhere or when you... (laughs) Like, mm-hmm. like it doesn't have to take long, but not knowing or not having a plan for what to do is this big mental barrier. And you could spend 10 minutes going, well, what should I write about? I feel daunted by this. So that's what we've got for you today. Just two simple questions, categorical questions you can start with to begin journaling more consistently. This episode is brought to you by Life Focus, a new gamified approach to life planning that's easy, fun, and gives you a GPS for your next 10 years. You can start today at fullfocus.co slash lifefocus. 
Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays. I'm Courtney Baker, cracking up at the professional journaler, Blake Stratton. Man, I people, you've got to go see <laughs> on YouTube the crazy things that Blake Stratton does on these podcasts, if you haven't already. There was probably some music playing under you just now, but just so you guys know, that's the magic of podcast editing done by Sir Nick here. And so I'm just dance to nothingness, but the music in my own heart, which you have a song in your heart as well, dance to the beat (laughs) of your own drum, so on and so forth. Okay, Courtney, let's get Mm -hmm. to it. We want to make journaling easier, simpler. The way to do that is to have somewhat of a plan going into it. So here's two questions or really categories of questions if you want to think of it that way that you can use to start with the first question is where am i (laughs) where am i floating on this blue marble through nothingness no where am i this is this question is about grounding yourself in the present moment just just document think about uh, if you were an accountant, just taking an account of, of what's going on in your life right now. I feel sad right now. I'm feeling happy right now. My job is really busy right now. Just writing down the things that are happening. It may feel like a waste of time because you say, Blake, I already know where I am. But trust me, simply by writing down these things, you'll notice what you notice first <laughs> And then a a cool thing you could do is you can even direct your focus to notice other things. You could say, what's going well right now, for instance? Um, What am I enjoying right now? What are some positive aspects of my job right now? This work will help you become more self-aware with that question. Where am I? I love that because I think it's, it's helpful to just see ourselves. And again, you're, you're like, but we know, but we actually don't like what I said earlier, like, you know, there are a thousand things taking space in my life. You know, it, it does take a moment to kind of like reorient, to have a moment to find myself and see myself. You know, somebody recently said the most basic foundation to kindness is human acknowledgement. And I think that's Hmm. true for ourselves too, of just, having the moment to acknowledge ourselves. And so I love this first question of just saying, where am I? What am I thinking or feeling? And I know for some people that's easier than for some of us, others of us um, to hone into. It takes a second. So I love this first question. The second question is, where do I want to be? Where do I want to be? This question is great for casting some vision for your own life. It could be any domain in life. It could be where where do I want to be in work? What's my goal this week, for instance? Uh, Where do I want my personal health to be, my friendships to be? And orienting yourself towards the future naturally uh, cues your brain to think of some fresh ideas. The other thing I like about this question, Courtney, is it can be hard to think of what do I want? It it seems like an Mm -hmm. easy question, but 
my coaching clients were having such a hard time with this. I actually created a tool <laughs> just to help them figure out, I call it the desire warm up. And the whole purpose of it is it's hard to sometimes think about where do I actually want to mm-hmm. be because I'm so aware of what I don't want. Well, I don't want to be here and I don't like this about yeah. my job now. And I don't want this like this. And this is frustrating me. This question will get you out of that negative focus of here's what I don't want and into a more positive, life-giving focus, vision-oriented focus of what do I actually want? I love this. And I feel like this might be helpful this time of year to start thinking about more because I think so many of us set goals at the beginning of the year and it's sometimes it's like a like a crash landing into like, oh gosh, I got to figure out what I want in this whole thing called a life. And we're kind of lost. But I think if we were more intentional of maybe taking this next quarter and having a little more time to to prepare for that, it's actually going to make goal setting for you know next year even easier or maybe even more successful because we're not trying to do that you know, that vision for my life in such a short time frame, we've actually been doing it over um, a series of months. Yeah. And you could even take this question on a daily or weekly basis. In a, in a sense, if you've ever done a weekly preview, part of what you're doing when you set a, a weekly big three is you're answering the question, where do I want to be? You're saying, yeah. okay, well, what okay, do I want to so have I, accomplished, right? Help me with this because so much of this is... I feel like the weekly preview helps me with some of this. You know, I, it's almost like that is my checkpoint. And so can you sell me a little bit on basically adding this layer of like, how do I go? Cause I definitely see the power in that weekly preview of taking a really kind of these same steps, but you know, how do I, you know, get into like maybe more daily or weekly? Um, form of journaling, you know, like it's, it's really not that big of a step, but it's always been a challenging step for me. When do you set your daily big three? You do it at the end of the day, right? Yeah. One very simple thing you could tack on to that existing because mm-hmm. you're looking at your tasks, you're, you're, you're being very yeah. tactical. Look at the tasks, look at the calendar. Okay. Here's my daily big three. One simple thing you could do is completing these tasks is important to me because, and then what you'll Mm -hmm. naturally answer is this question, where do I want to be? Yeah. Well, it's important to me because this thing's been stressing me out a lot. And when I finish this, it'll be behind me. Mm -hmm. Or I want to complete this because if I get that done, then the rest of my week's going to be easier. Or if I get this, if I have this conversation, then my relationship with this team member is going to improve and X, Y, and Z. Just that simple question yeah. Is going to attach some of your value. You'll discover your personal values because maybe the same types of thing come up every day. It's like, oh, I seems like I'm really concerned with this thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that would be a simple way, Courtney, to just tack a single journal question on top of yeah. an existing ritual that you've already established of setting a daily big three. Okay. And that counts. I'm going to, that I can do. That counts. Okay. All right. <laughs> Guys, I'm about to be a pro journaler too. Watch out. (laughs) 
Well, you probably know the benefits of the compound effect of small actions through daily habits, but the biggest question is where are those habits leading you? Well, without a clear destination, it's really challenging to stay on course and keep up your motivation. So how do you decide which habits to prioritize in any given day, month, or even year? Well, the answer is a life plan. We here at Full Focus have created Life Focus, which is a brand new gamified approach to life planning. Each Life Focus kit comes with 11 card decks to help you define your personal mission, identify your personal values, describe your desired future, and determine your next steps, including the key milestones and essential habits to help you achieve your plan. By the end of this fun and easy process, you won't just have a vision for your life, you'll have the next steps and habits to pursue a life of greater direction, growth, and purpose. And right now, just for being a listener of Focus on This, we are giving you 15% off our Life Focus Kit and our course. So just go to fullfocus.co slash lifefocus and use the code FOT15 to get started. Okay, Courtney, I thought today would be a great day. You work for Full Focus. You love yourself a planner. I thought it'd be a great day to talk about the history of planners. Oh gosh. With okay, a, yeah. <laughs> with yes. a little bit of a with a little quiz that we're going to talk about. This wow. is uh taken from an author named Molly McCarthy who actually wrote a book about the history of the planner in America. So that's from Molly McCarthy. I'll put a link in the description. So I'm going to give you uh I'm going to give you some I'm going to give you 5 years on each side of this question. What okay. year was the first daily planner published in America? Um okay, I'm going to say 1890. Okay. That seems very reasonable. Will it shock you to find out it was in 1773? <laughs> <laughs> The first daily planner. So in 1773, this is a direct quote, Robert Aitken, an an aspiring publisher in revolutionary era Philadelphia, published what he claimed was America's first daily planner, offering his customers a prefabricated layout not unlike the planners of today. This is so interesting because I think I fell to – I don't know. It's like when you think about previous centuries – I don't I didn't realize like there would be so much so many of the roles seemed repetitive in nature. Mm. You know, like I'm a farmer, you know, or like I work in a factory, or you know, there wasn't quite as many roles that varied in their day-to-day life. Like I always think of that as kind of a modern adaptation of work. Well, don't you think that they also they would look at our lives and go you just go into the office every day. I know. Well, I think well, what I was about to say about my statement yeah. is I'm sure like George Washington was like, oh, a friend. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. Uh, but I think it's kind of like my modern bias, like looking back, like, oh, I'm sure, you know, they didn't have as much when I'm sure they did have as much. It just was different. Just a different. Now. I will say we're going to talk a little bit about what these planners looked like, and they're a little bit different than maybe how we think of them. 
Uh, but I will like say, they didn't this was, have a daily big three. They did not I have mean, a daily what big were they three. even doing? <laughs> <laughs> they did not have a daily big three. It was called the Aitken Register. It wasn't even a planner yet. So we're going to talk about that. Okay. The next question. We call them planners here in America. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. no, we got the full focus planner. That's the only one you need, of course. But what is the common yeah. term for them in the United Kingdom? Okay, let me think of that. Like, my first thought was, like, it would be, like, your scheduler. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's not it, but it should be. I really, I'm into that. That was pretty good. (laughs) Thanks. Um, To to be clear, that is not the answer. I feel like it's going to be something like, like that. Like, scheduler, like, your daily, your... Or do you think they're just like maybe more on the nose and it's just like, it's your calendar. Like, mm. it's not calendar. Things. I, I, give me one more guess. Oh, wait, is it? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it a journal? Do they call okay, it your, your journal or your. A log. Is it a log? You're, you're, you're further. You were so close. Closer with journal. with You were so close. Uh, okay. Oh, diary. Diary. That is the right answer. I'll put a ding in here. Yes! Ding, ding. <laughs> Okay, thank you. They do call the diary over there. (laughs) You got pretty close. Now, that's going to connect to this this next question. I like, we should have a full focus scheduler. That's the new product. Mm -hmm. That's a hot tip for everybody. I love it. Yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) That sort of connects here to this other idea. Before a planner was used to plan the future, what was the primary goal of a planner? Sort of the lineage of the planner. Okay, I know. It was basically to log the events of your day. Yes. Now, to be a historical log. Now, bonus points. Why? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of stumped on this. I mean, other than like historical record Mm -hmm. or for, I mean, is, I mean, I, my next thought was like, is there any, this is like, I'm, I've been doing be too there. many contracts in my work right now mm-hmm. because I'm like, is there some kind of like litigation or some kind of like safeguarding that's like, oh no, this is where I was when I was, you know, mm. here is my official registrar of appointments. I feel like if I get too close, it gives it away. Um, okay. But keeping account is in quotes. That's from our oh, author. Were, here. were they like running? Uh, they were like creating hypothesis and like running experiments. Well, well I. <laughs> That's not it. I feel I love like Benjamin it. Franklin. Mm. Benjamin Franklin's scheduler would have been off the Ske- charts. Scheduler. You know? um, okay, I'm going to just read this. His direct quote: "We know from the writings mm-hmm. that Washington and his contemporaries saw their day books as record of the past, documenting words and deeds that were ultimately accountable to God. Keeping account carried a dual meaning in this colonial era, in which a diary, as planners are still known in." British uh, British English mm-hmm. can serve both earthly and more spiritual goals. That's pretty cool. All right, last question. This is a little bit different. A survey from 2017 by DHM Research found that what percentage of people do not have a written plan for their life? What percentage? I'm going to say that it's pretty high. Okay. I'm going to guess right down the middle. Honestly, my first guess was to go right down the middle at 50%. I kind of think it might be higher than that. 
I'm not saying anything. I know. I feel like I'm going to be surprised here. Um, I'm going to say 60% of people do not have a plan, a written plan. I'm going to, I'm going to give that to you. Put the ding in. Ding, ding, ding. It was 67, 67% do not have a written plan. (laughs) So, you know, this is a, and for those who do have a written plan, of course, they talk later about how the, having a written plan helps them, you know, visualize their future and feel like they are empowered to act on the goals that they have. And so, you know, these are a bunch of people who need a full focus planner, Courtney. I mean, challenge to the listeners. Just think what we would be doing and achieving in the world right now if we were we had 67% of the other folks <laughs> planning along with us. Yeah, at least That's like actually- 1% of those people would be like I want to cure cancer or something. Like you got to assume somebody would be like right. if I really write it down the things I actually want, <laughs> they're going to come up with some like pretty incredible things. This is where I'm, I'm actually, this is a legit idea for some schools. And I know, um, you know, we've had several schools and administrations specifically start using the planner with their mm-hmm. staff and even with students. But it's like, it needs to be something you're taught. Like, how do I plan? Mm-hmm what I'm doing, what I'm trying to accomplish. How do I do that? That feels like such a basic tool. Guys, I'm going to teach my kindergartner. What if I brought home a full focus planner to my kindergartner? I was like, you, okay, You could. I mean, I famously was using and still use the student planner or the kids planner with mm-hmm. my 13-year-old. And it's like very hard. Mm-hmm. Not because he's not great, yeah. but it's just, it is a skill that you really have to develop and, and how do you, how do you break things down and, Mm -hmm. or how do you even like know what a goal is? That's something I found really interesting too, is that sometimes I'm like, I know there's, I know there's things you want, right? but I don't, you know, I'm sure kindergartners have the same issue, but yeah. That is a part that you could teach even, you know, at a very early age of like, Hey, let's figure out what's, What's something you want to pursue and accomplish in the next, you know, three months? Gotta, and then gotta be short. Three, three months is down. like an eternity. That is true. Three months. What do you want to accomplish tomorrow? So um, this week, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that. I think that is such a basic thing that I think all of us realize we had to figure that out on our own along the way of how to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. And I would say a lot of us, me included, we're still like honing that practice. Like we're not, you're not ever there. It's kind of a lifelong skill that you keep working at. So props to everybody listening, because I would say you're probably on the road uh, to get there. All right. Well, thank you for playing our survey, Courtney. I'm going to give you the win on this. You got two out of four. Uh, Your prize (laughs) is- I got more than that. You did not. So today's tip for leveling up your focus is to set aside five to 10 minutes to journal and you can join me in making it part of your workday shutdown and ask yourself whether you can make it daily, weekly, or a monthly rhythm, but don't be afraid to start small. 
By the way, if you're looking for a bit more guidance for your journaling, you could consider picking up our full focus journal, which includes an eight question template to help you get started. You can find our journals at fullfocusplanner.com. Thanks for joining us on Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the internet, so share it with your friends. And don't forget to join our Full Focus Planner community on Facebook. We'll be back next Monday with another great episode. Until then, stay Stay focused. Stay (laughs) focused. This episode is brought to you by Life Focus, a new gamified approach to life planning that's easy, fun, and gives you a GPS for your next 10 years. You can start today at fullfocus.co slash lifefocus.